You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's play it, everybody. On a Thursday, October 26th and a Friday, October 27th, it is another edition of Locked On Lions, your team every day. It is your Detroit Lions each and every day with me, Matt Derry, as I bring you Lions coverage, the best Lions coverage we can bring you each and every day on the podcast slash radio side. Thank you for listening. By the way, those of you that were listening on audioboom.com, we are no longer there. We are now over on Megaphone, so find us there. iTunes, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave a review. Put your Twitter handle on the review, and you can get a free subscription of Pro Football Focus. Do that today. We're on Spotify. We're on TuneIn. We're also on the Amazon Alexa. So thank you for uh, joining us, whether it's your communication with me back and forth on Twitter at Dairy Speaks or on the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. Thank you for doing so, and thank you for listening. On a very busy Thursday into Friday, as Locked On Lions today is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag and by Jason Strat at REMAX Suburban. Folks, he's the best realtor in Southeast Michigan, in the country, 586-634-2612. Give Jason a call if you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or refinance your existing home. We will talk to Tim Benz, the Mercedes, as I used to call him. Tim Benz from Trib Live and uh, the Steeler Radio Network hosts the pregame show uh, for the Steelers. We will talk to Tim Benz about the upcoming Lions opponent Sunday night, Detroit and Pittsburgh, and what is a very, very intriguing game. Both teams have issues. We'll get into what the Steeler issues are with Timmy Benz coming up in a little bit. As far as the Lions issues, I'm going to stay consistent with what I said at the start of the week. I think the Steelers are going to win this football game because of their pass rush, because they can get to the quarterback, and I think the Lions have some serious issues up front, especially at left tackle, where today, once again, Emmett Cleary and Greg Robinson both missed practice today due to injury, and those guys remained out, and you would think that those guys are not going to come back. Cleary's got a bad ankle, Greg Robinson a bad ankle, and a sprained ankle as well. Um as Jim Caldwell pointed out today, uh, it sounds like the converted defensive lineman out of Boston College from just a couple of years ago, Brian Mahalik, who spent time with the Steelers last year and with the Lions now this season, is likely your starter at left tackle. Brian Mahalik. All right, his backup could be Dan Skipper, who was signed off the practice squad today after the team released Bryce Harris, who was with the team for 12 days and never played. Uh, to take Skipper's spot on the practice squad, the Lions have brought back Storm Norton, who, of course, played a lot during the preseason and didn't make the team and has been on and off the practice squad and uh, the undrafted rookie uh, tackle out of Toledo. So it's Skipper, Mahalik, Norton. That's really your rotation at left tackle if Emmett Cleary, who was started at right guard for TJ Lang last week, if Cleary can't go, Corey Robinson uh, is practicing again with the Lions, but he's not going to play this week. So uh, there, there are some serious depth chart issues at tackle for the Lions who still need to get uh, Taylor Decker back to practice, but that hasn't happened yet. Think about this for a second. You know, Brian Mahalik, uh, you know, came in the second half of that Saints game and had to play right tackle, had to move around a little bit. You know, <laughs> he, he played the first 27 snaps of his career two weeks ago. 
You're now telling Brian Mahalik, who played defensive end two years ago for Boston College, the pride of Avon Lake, Ohio, West Side. Brian Mahalik is going to start at left tackle on Stafford's blind side against the Steelers, who are going to be sending T.J. Watt his way, Bud Dupree his way, Cam Hayward his way. Now, it sounds like Stephon Tewitt could be out. We'll ask Tim Benz about that. But this is trouble, folks. This is big trouble. Greg Robinson, you're almost to the point where you're like anybody but Greg Robinson, but Mahalik? This kid was a D lineman drafted out of uh, uh, BC in the seventh round by Philly two years ago. And now is a converted offensive lineman and may have to play left tackle on Sunday night football against Pittsburgh. Now, it'd be different if they were playing against uh, the Browns or they were playing against, you know, Uh, the Dolphins, oh, the Dolphins are pretty good with Wake and Sue. I'm trying to, any you know, the better example, Buffalo, I don't know. But this is the, this is Blitzburg. I just think that's troublesome for the Lions. I do. A couple of other injury notes before we bring Tim Benz in here. Uh, Ziggy Ansa limited practice again today. Golden Tate, limited practice again today with the shoulder. Kenny Galladay, limited practice yesterday with the hamstring. Today, did not practice. That's not a good sign. But the good news is that Glover Quinn has admitted... Yes, he is out of the concussion protocol, and boy, oh boy, if there's a week with the Lions need some good news, it's that Glover Quinn can be out there quarterbacking that defense. Ben Roethlisberger's thrown some bad picks on the road over the last couple of years. Maybe it's a Quinn interception that kind of swings this football game Sunday night in the Lions' favor because the Lions' defense has been opportunistic this year, and Roethlisberger over the last couple of years has started to show his age and throw the ball to the other team. I still think Big Ben is an elite quarterback, absolutely, but the defense may have to score some points or put the Lions in a good position on Sunday night because the offense hasn't been getting it done. And now with all these with these issues on the offensive line, let's hope Wagner and Lang stay healthy. Uh, TJ, full practice again today. They can just, if Mahalik can play the game of his life, the former Steeler against his former team, and, and, and hold up at left tackle, that's all you can ask for for Sunday night. But you know, right now, it, it's crazy. So if Mahalik were to get hurt, then you'd have a kid named Dan Skipper coming in off the Cowboys practice squad. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of depth on that offensive line. And again, you could go back and blame Bob Quinn and say, why didn't Bob Quinn draft an offensive lineman uh, instead of Tease Tabor or instead of Brad Kaya? Fair assessment now with all the injuries that this team has had on the offensive line. Plus, of course, they traded uh, Lakin Tomlinson uh, before the season started. All right, let me tell you about my bookie. We got to do that, folks. If you're looking to bet tonight on this Ravens-Dolphins game, it should be a dandy. Oh, baby. Yeah, I get that asked all the time. I get asked that all the time. Who you like this weekend? Who you like tonight? Well, it's Baltimore and it's Miami. All right? Let me tell you this. Where you are betting at is just as important as who you are betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been the business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. It's just two business days. You win tonight, you'll get paid by Saturday. You know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash. Win big today with MyBookie. Maybe it's a game, Ravens and Dolphins. Who cares, right? Well, you go to mybookie.ag and you get in the game. I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie. They've got in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go absolutely very easy. Here's what you got to do. Join now and mybookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON 
L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid at mybookie. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh right now. Big game Sunday night, certainly between the Lions and the Steelers. And we've talked a lot about it. I've talked a lot about it. That pass rush for Pittsburgh could be murder on Matthew Stafford this weekend. A guy that knows the Steelers better than anybody in Pittsburgh. Tim Benz from Trib Live and the Steeler Radio Network joins me right now. What's up, Timmy? Diesel, how are you? Good to talk to you again, man. It's been a long time. It has been a long time, man. You, you've been making the rounds, but you, you're always, always loyal to the black and gold. Yeah, this is the team I grew up rooting for, so covering them as long as I did, um, it really worked out nicely to be able to be here in Pittsburgh for a long time. I went to Boston for a few years, but uh, just a better fit back here in Pittsburgh. So I'm glad to be here, and uh, the timing worked out really well. I mean, they got pretty good again the year I moved back, and uh, you know, the Penguins have won a couple cups since I came back, and uh, I can't speak for the Pirates. There's nothing I can do there, Matt. You know, one man can only make, can, one man can only move so many mountains, if you know what I mean. Gosh, so I saw you at the Super Bowl years ago. I remember in New York, and you were doing the show with Christian Fourier, who of course is Joe Fourier, the former Lions cousin. And what, what a wild time that was for you in Boston with those guys, huh? Yeah, uncle. Yeah, yeah. Christian. Oh, uncle. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You think he's his cousin because he's actually less mature than Joe is. So that's oh. that's understandable. I don't but, know about uh, that. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> Christian was a good guy. I really enjoyed working with Christian. He was a lot of fun. All right, so the Steelers come in 5-2, and two, yet all the talk is is that there's some dysfunction, and then you have the, the national anthem situation in Chicago, and now the Martavis Bryant situation. How much dysfunction is there, or is this just the Steelers? The Steelers are always the Steelers and always classy and always seemingly winning. How, how much has this been blown out of proportion? Oh, it's not been blown out of proportion. The Steelers would like everybody out there in the public to think that because they want to make it look like the media is taking acorns and turning them into oak trees, but that's actually not the case. I know most of the guys that cover the Steelers, myself included, would prefer to just talk about football once for a week as opposed to all the drama around the team. I actually think it's the exact opposite. Uh, Every time a story comes out, we roll our eyes and say, okay, now what are we staying up until midnight every night covering? Uh, I'm really tired of figuring out who has girlfriends, what their Instagram accounts are, and why I should be following them. But that's kind of the way it's gone. Um, It's not been about the media taking things and running with it. It's about the Steelers providing stuff for us to talk about that isn't football-related. And Mike Tomlin sometime, I think it was maybe the week after the whole anthem thing in Chicago, says – we welcome distractions because it sharpens us for when the games mean the most in September and hopefully in February. Well, if that's the case, they're going to be so sharp, they're going to blow the Patriots out by 50 in the AFC Championship game this time then. They've had so many distractions to get themselves prepared. Wow, Tim, that's that's unlike the Steelers. I mean, you're always you're always talking about Pittsburgh, and, and I've known you a long time, and you always hooked me up with Steeler Info back in the day. Just a classy organ, always did it right, and... I can hear it in your voice. It's uh, it, it sounds like they're a headache right now to cover. They are kind of a like the the franchise itself. Like you know, Kevin Colbert and the Roonies and you know, the emblem. You know that in and of itself is still fine. I mean, I'm sure you would get a different response from some people who fell on the political right of the anthem debate who insist that they're not watching the Steelers or covering them anymore. You know, I didn't fall into that camp, but. Uh, to be frank with you, I mean, the players in the locker room uh, are a lot more about me than they have been about team in the past. And that's why you get Antonio Brown throwing water coolers and Martavis Bryant talking about wanting to be traded and 
Lev Bell asking for more carries. At least I think in the case of Bell and Brown, it's also about the team and how they can best get the team to win. And I think they've figured that out too, which is part of the reason why Martavis wasn't getting the ball thrown his way as much because he's not as reliable, let alone even close to as good as A.B., and nowhere near as reliable as giving it to Le'Veon Bell, who, you know, over the last, what, four weeks has had three games of well over 100 yards and almost eclipsed 200 yards from scrimmage last time out. It took a little while to get the run game going, but it's going now. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of this, Matt, will go away once uh, winning starts to become more commonplace. But exacerbating some of the off-the-field stuff have been really two awful losses to Chicago and Jacksonville that have spoiled what could be, at the least, the 6-1, and 7-0 and start to the season. Tim Ben's with me, host on Trib Live, and the Steeler Radio Network does the pregame down in Pittsburgh as we cover the Steelers forever. It almost sounds like, Timmy, in talking to you that this game Sunday night is either going to be Pittsburgh taking care of business and being Blitzburg again and getting after Stafford, which they've got a huge advantage up front. I know uh, two it's out, and you'll tell me about that, but they've got other guys to get to the quarterback and the Lions' left side of their offensive line, very shaky. Or this could be a situation where the Lions feast and Pittsburgh uh, in front of a national audience kind of uh, cowers a little bit um, like they did, like you said, in the Chicago loss and everything else. It's it almost like sounds like it's a feast or famine situation, which right now the Steelers the last two weeks sound like they've been feasting, right? Yeah, the Steelers are notorious for playing up to and down to their level of competition, unless it's the Patriots, and then the Patriots just beat them, unfortunately. But everybody else, uh, you never really feel secure going into a game in your pick because they are so erratic when it comes to their emotional level of play, which I think, again, goes to some of the locker room stuff. It's just the instability in terms of attitude, I think, oftentimes bleeds over into preparation and execution on Sundays. There's no way they should have lost those two games to the Bears and to the Jaguars, but uh, you could also tell me that nine times out of ten, you're going to feel pretty bad about them going to Baltimore, regardless of how good or bad the Ravens are, and they beat the Ravens pretty soundly. And they went to Kansas City and had a pretty complete game, the red zone offense aside, in beating the Chiefs, and the Chiefs at the time were unbeaten. So uh, on paper and on tape, from what I've seen, I like the Steelers going in this game, but it's also one of these contests where it just feels like things are going right then they go on the road and play a team that everybody's seen bad stuff about and the Steelers let down. So I really don't know what to think, which is probably part of the reason why the line is so narrow in this contest. Tim, um, I mentioned the, the Steelers' pass rush. Tell me about the injuries up front and also just how good these guys have been. It almost seems like it doesn't matter if it's Joey Porter from back in the day and then even before that, the Steel Curtain guys, they always have people that get to the to the passer in that 3-4 defense. How? Huh? How much of a headache are they going to cause Matthew Stafford Sunday night, you think? Yeah, the pass rush has been good, and it's been collectively good. Like, no one guy has stood out, and I read some comments from Stafford where he said something similar, and he's exactly right. Uh, T.J. Watt has added a lot at the first-round pick. Bud Dupree, the first-round pick of a couple years ago at the other outside linebacker position, kind of plays in spurts. Harrison has hardly played at all this year, but had uh, sort of, to this point, a season-defining sack in the Kansas City game. They're getting blitz contributions up front, from, or, sorry, from the second level uh, in Vince Williams and Mike Hilton, who's an out-of-nowhere defensive back that they found off the scrap heap that's played the nickel. And he's good in coverage, but he's uncanny in timing the blitz, and that's been his strongest attribute. And up front along the defensive line, uh, Cam Hayward's been excellent at the right DN spot. Like you mentioned, Tuitt very well may be out again. It looks like he probably will be with his back 
which is too bad because when he's played this year, he's been great. They got a good reserve in Tyson Alualu from Jacksonville, who's kind of been that third defensive end that they've been missing when one of these guys goes down. So that's how the pass rush is pieced together. And they've even got a nose tackle in Javon Hargrave who gets up the field better than, you know, what used to be their old run-plugging approach to having the nose tackle spot, which worked out great with Casey Hampton for so long. But they've, you know, defenses have evolved since then, and Hargrave provides a little bit more up-the-field pass rushing push. Tim Benz with me, Trib Live, Steeler Radio Network here on Locked on Lions. Matt Derry with you. Lions and Steelers, of course, coming up on Sunday night. Um, offensively, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell a little bit and wanting more touches, now getting that. Antonio Brown has settled settled down from a couple of weeks ago, but this Bryant situation I know is what everybody on the offense keeps being asked about, and I'm sure it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, Bryant um, is frustrating because the one thing that had Steelers fans so excited about this year was potentially having Ben Bryant, Brown, and Bell uh, all on this on the field at the same time, um, and they just never were able to get it over the course of the past few years uh, due to the fact that injuries have cropped up or suspensions have happened. You know, they, they've had so few snaps together; it's amazing when you look over time. And now that they've got everybody. It looks like Ben may not be playing as well as he used to. Uh, you know, a father time might be catching up with him. And Bryant has not been good. Uh, you know, Bell, it took a little while to get him going, but once he did, he's been Le'Veon of old. Bryant's never gotten there. And the key missing ingredient right now from this offense is red zone execution. Uh, they're still, I think, at or just below 50% in the red zone. They should be better than that with the opportunities that they have had and the talent that they do have. Uh, they should score more than they do, and that should be, I think, Martavis being six foot five and very athletic. They just never throw him the jump ball. Uh, if he's supposed to score, then elsewhere he should be scoring from distance, but he's not separating from defensive backs. And when he does, Ben can't hit him. So that's been maddening uh, to have all these tools finally healthy and not coalescing in the manner that everybody predicted that they would. Coalescing, that's your uh, Syracuse education. It is. It's shining through, is it not? <laughs> hey, by the way, so this Martavis Bryant thing, do you guys, do the Steelers need a tight end? Because the Lions should trade Eric Ebron for Martavis Bryant, call it a wash. Well, I saw at least one story where, uh, I think it was an ESPN post that su- suggested the Lions should investigate Martavis. And uh, if you want to give up anything of value for him, Matt, I think people would uh, you know, line up in droves to drive him out the Ohio Turnpike to Ford Field. Maybe not this week, but the next week after, if you wanted to give up a, ki- a pick of compensation that matters. And I don't know. I think they're a little burned about going after other people's tight ends after they tried Ladarius Green last year, and it blew up in their faces, unfortunately. So Bryant's not playing this week, and is it just because of the, the Instagram thing with Schuster, or what was that all about? Yeah, that's that's it. That's the reason why they're deactivating him. Is, uh, the week before, his agent leaked to Ian Rappaport of uh, NFL Network that he had requested a trade in the weeks before the KC game, and that didn't make anybody happy, but they thought it was taken care of, and actually Bryant, while not catching a lot of balls, played well against KC, blocked his butt off, and was a pretty good, valuable member of the team that day, so they thought that maybe everything was put to bed. And then after the game last week against Cincinnati, he got into some fight on Instagram with some guy who was talking about how he's no longer worth it in fantasy football. And he decided to go after Juju Smith-Schuster in the process, saying he's better than Juju. And if they just gave me minds, to use his words, 
that he would show everybody that he's still better than Juju and Juju couldn't hold a candle to him and things like that. So uh, bringing another teammate, especially a rookie teammate, he was just surfing his way through all of this, bringing another rookie teammate into the mix when we want to throw a tantrum, that, that, that's beyond uh, what Mike Tomlin deemed to be acceptable. And I agree with his decision to cool his jets and sit him down for at least a week. They might even consider keyshawning him the rest of the way if they keep winning without him. What's the uh, fans' reaction to Tomlin and how he's handled all of this? And, look, I think he's one of the best coaches, and he's so solid. But, you know, certainly when guys have been there a, a very long time, sometimes fans are itching for a change. What, uh, how has he handled this, and what do the fans say about Mike Tomlin right now? Well, honestly, Matt, they wanted to see something like what he did to Martavis done earlier at various times, um, you know, whether that was Joey Porter uh, when he got in trouble on the south side after a playoff win last year, whether that was Antonio Brown in the Facebook Live situation that took place in the locker room after the Chiefs' victory in the playoffs last year. But, you know, it was playoff time then, and he thought that uh, making any sort of disciplinary moves in that regard would do more harm than good. Certainly it would have going up against the Patriots. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but, um, you know, why rock the boat in that situation and cut off your nose despite your face? Uh, people were calling for more discipline from Tomlin for a while, and I think this time, because an up-and-coming player was being negatively portrayed by another guy in the locker room, he just felt the need to do it. So this week, people are very pleased with him. Final thing for Tim Benz, uh, best Steeler coverage there is in Pittsburgh with Timmy on Trib Live and Steeler Radio Network. Do oh, you get a sense that Pittsburgh has turned the corner and will go into Detroit and win, or do you think all of these distractions catch up to him and, hey, it's a Sunday night or on the road against a pretty good football team in the Lions, albeit the line is banged up, and maybe Detroit gets the win? What, what do you get a sense this week? I don't think if they lose, it'll be because of the distractions, because they're removing the distraction. And in terms of output, what's Martavis really given them this year? I think on average, it's like three catches and 33 yards. So him being subtracted from the results uh, that we have seen so far shouldn't impact them versus Detroit. I think if they lose to the Lions, and I don't expect them to, but I think if they lose to the Lions, it'll be the same old reason why they lost to the Bears and why they lost to Jacksonville. They just thought that they had it in the bag of kickoff, and they didn't. Plus, Roethlisberger is notorious for being a much uh, inferior quarterback on the road as opposed to when he is at Heinz Field. Uh, I, the, the formula for the Lions beating the Steelers, I think, Matt, is they contain Bell early, they get an early lead, they force Roethlisberger to throw, and if Ben throws um, erratically as he did against the Jaguars, an opportunistic Lions defense that has, what, is it 10 picks now or 9 picks at yep. this point? Yeah. Um, they, they get the ball back on a few occasions occasions in advantageous field position, and that's how they win the game. That, to me, is the formula. Stop Bell early, uh, capitalize on a couple field goals, maybe a touchdown or two, get up 14-9, to 21-10, something like that, force Ben to throw and uh, get a few picks in the air because Ben isn't as accurate as he used to be. Incredible insight from uh, Tim Benz. Tim, that was great. Thanks so much. All right, Diesel, great to talk to you again. Uh, we'll see you at the ACC Championship. <laughs> Always fun to catch up with Tim Benz from Trib Live and the Steeler Radio Network. One of my guys from Syracuse does a great job in Pittsburgh, really knows the Steelers inside and out. And what, a, what a crazy week or a crazy few weeks it has been in Pittsburgh with all the stuff that has gone on with the Steelers, with the, with the national anthem issue in Chicago. Uh, the Martavis Bryant situation, Antonio Brown, but Pittsburgh's still Pittsburgh. And at 5-2, and two, they're still one of the classes of the league, and they still got Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. It's going to be a tough, tough, 
tough sledding for the Lions on Sunday night. And I think even if the Lions were to lose this game and drop to three and four, I still think they'd be in decent shape to win the division. That road game against Minnesota and the victory that they had a couple of weeks ago and the fact that the second half schedule is brutal. I'm saying it's, it's easy. The first half was brutal. Second half schedule, very, very easy. Imagine four and four after eight games. And then the second half schedule that features the Bears twice, Minnesota at home, Tampa, Baltimore, the Browns. I think the Lions are, will still be in good shape, even if they lose on Sunday. All right, time now to bring in Jason Strat, our weekly hit with Jason. Remax Suburban at 586-634-2612. Best realtor, just the best in Southeast Michigan, and I like to say the country. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? So I'm recording this with you at 630 on a Thursday night, and you're out showing houses. How about that? I am. I'm actually in St. Clair County right now. So if anybody listening is considering selling their home in St. Clair County, I have somebody who's uh, selling their home in Warren. So I have that listing in Warren, 179.9, beautiful house, completely redone. The pictures are great. Everybody loves their the bathroom he rebuilt. And um, I'm coming on a deer here in St. Clair County, and they're looking for a house under 250 in St. Clair County, at least an acre of land and uh so if anybody's got something out there that they're interested in selling i definitely am looking for it and um you know it's a good day i even listed a house in st Clair shores today for 169.9 finished basement fully updated uh great house east of jefferson in st Clair shores Quick prediction, Sunday night. I, I think it's going to be troublesome with that offensive line against Pittsburgh's pass rush. What do you think? Oh, I fully agree. I I think, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of scared. I, I'm almost afraid Stafford's not going to finish the game. That Well, you heard me the other day. I know you were listening the on the Tuesday show. I It almost would be a victory if he's upright and okay for Green Bay and then the, and then the soft part of the schedule. I agree. I agree. And, and whether or not these guys they brought in to, to patchwork the offensive line are even going to help. 586-634-2612. Give this man a call, Jason Strat from Remax Suburban. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. There he is, Jason Strat, Remax Suburban. What a busy show. We've been all over the place. Tim Benz, Jason Strat. We've told you about my bookie. I'm going to stick with it, folks. I think the Lions are going to lose this football game on Sunday night. Uh, maybe like a 24-17 type situation to Pittsburgh. I just think that this this Patrick offensive line, the offense struggling too. And Jim Bob Cooter made a point today of saying uh, he doesn't think that they've been, um, you know, he doesn't think they've been conservative. He doesn't think the play calling's been cautious. Right now, this offense is not clicking. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but uh, that's just the mention. That's just the 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 notion that I have. Uh, for this weekend. Our thanks to Tim Benz from Trib Live and the uh, Steeler Radio Network, Jason Strat. And thanks to the folks at, Lo- I should say, at mybookie.ag. As this edition of Lockdown was brought to you by mybookie.ag. Get into all the action with mybookie, where they will match your deposit up to a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. We'll talk to you again on Sunday night after the game.